0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah, better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. We are going to continue our positional rankings talking about the defensive line today. The defensive tackles and edge defenders should be fun. Loaded class this year. Kyle, welcome.
1: How we doing? i'm doing great i'm just sitting here uh enjoying an oh, yeah. orange vanilla zero coca-cola zero sugar and uh getting ready to uh wonderful beverage, talk through cow. this podcast wonderful. with you my good friend joe marino yes yes it's delicious with it tastes the like a cream school but like better
0: oh there it is yeah um all right so defensive yeah. tackles
1: <laughs> yeah, this class is almost as refreshing as an orange is vanilla coin Call his it ear, um, It's Quite
0: good. It's quite good. Should I go first? It's quite good. All right, so we're gonna give our top fives. Talk about a player yeah, you need to go the first. table for on day three. And the full, yeah, full, full rankings. Full on, full rankings. We all right, so number five list. for me, Jerry yeah. Tillery. He plays Solid. for Notre Dame. What what what's what the reactions already? Uh. He's not in your top five. Oh geez! Uh, no, he's seven. Wow! You so you have seven. He's a top fifty player, top but
1: field? he's still seventh on the.
0: I say that as if I knew what my top. I told 50 you was it's right a now. refreshing
1: class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but you got a right, couple so days. Gary I uh, love what he did this year. Out. Um, I think his game against Stanford might have been the best game tape of any player against any team that I watched for twenty the twenty nineteen NFL draft. Really good pass rushing skill set, um, can defend the run, penetrate a little bit, has a lot of length, can play with extension, good hands. Uh, really thought he overcame some of the consistency issues that plagued him in previous years. So uh, better late than never. He had a sensational season. Uh, for me, he's he's a high second round grade, and um, I, I really like what he did this year. Really felt comfortable with him. His tape was outstanding. Really like his pass rush upside.
1: Sure. Uh, number five for me, early second round value. Uh, is just outside the top 32 overall. Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State. Uh, Simmons on the field is a terror as far as his ability to uh, wreak havoc up front and lateral mobility, and, and he checks all the size and athleticism thresholds based on the film. We don't have the opportunity to see those. Uh, athletic numbers played out because of the ACL tear that he's he's currently working his way back from. but we also don't need athletic testing to know that Jeffrey Simmons is more athletic than the vast majority of the players that he lined up across from last year. Uh, very, very good player, uh, like him kind of Fletcher Cox type role, uh, another Mississippi State Bulldog to to kind of draw a pro comparison for him and the expectations if he's healthy. He's also got the uh, the off the field incident to, that you need to account for if you're a team that's going to be drafting him. <laughs> Joe, I fully expect him to go. Yeah, through I think. The in my number four defensive it's, tackle it's is move, Jeffrey you know?
0: Simmons from Mississippi State. I think that it's going to be a team there at the end of the first round: the Colts, Eagles, Patriots, or Rams that are just going to get a guy that's probably worth being drafted in the top five. So they're going to redshirt him for a year, and then it's going to be uh, make the league pay, you know, type thing in 2020. Uh, yeah, so he's my number four. I mean, honestly, I think he's probably the second best defensive tackle in this class. I, he got bumped down just a touch here because of, you know, you got to redshirt him for a year. Uh, but man, his tape's so good. He's got pass rushing ability. Wish his block recognition skills were a little bit better against the run, but his ability to penetrate he, when he, you know, when he gets his hands on guys, he can really dispose of them quickly. Uh, very sudden athlete in terms of how twitched up he is and uh, love his flexibility. I think he's a stud, man. I think he's a really special player. Hate that he has the injury. Um, but, uh, you know, whoever's willing to, to wait a year and not get returns from him are going to be really happy. So, like I said, I think th- he might, he'd probably be a top five player on my board if he was ready to go next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. High praise for Mr. Marino. Um, my number four is a guy that some people classify as an edge, Rashawn Gary. I still like this guy. Three technique. The closer we get to the draft, you more you more you see some other analysts kind of talk about the potential and the upside of Gary as a three technique. And if you were to put a little bit of weight on his frame, or if he wants to play, I think he came in at 277 at the combine. Get him a 285, 290. You know, and, and and I really would like to see that linear burst that he has weaponized in more straight line situations instead of trying to turn the corner on guys. But I think his skills project very favorably there. I think he's very good at the point of attack as far as resetting the line of scrimmage, stacking and extending his hands. So as a run defender, I feel comfortable with him either on the strong side, on the outside, or even as a three technique. I feel like he can can excel in that area. He has the functional strength to do so. It's just... Where can you get the most pass rush productivity out of him? I feel like it's more favorable. My three number three defensive tackle's
0: name guys. is Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle from Clemson. Um, man, I think I think his value is going to really transcend what he does on the field because I think he's a really good football player, uh, good pass rusher, um, Is really, I thought, improved as a run defender a lot in his final season. But when you think about this Clemson program and the success they've had in recent years – Obviously, Dabo Swinney deserves a lot of credit, but I think there's two players that really have been the foundations of that program, one being Deshaun Watson and the other being Christian Wilkins. And, you know, a team that's looking for a culture-changing type player is going to not only get a really outstanding football player, but a guy that can really affect the locker room and really connecting the message that the coaching staff's going to have to the locker room. And I, I just, you know, his what he's accomplished at Clemson, both on and off the field, is, is such an exciting. So what, what I really like about Christian Wilkins is just like the whole package is there. And I think he's going to be outstanding on the field and really be a, a, an important leader for the, the organization that drafts him. So uh, Christian Wilkins, my number three defensive tackle, has a mid-first-round grade for me.
1: C. Willie, also my number three interior defensive lineman. He's uh, early 20s on the draft board. So I like his value quite a bit. Uh, I wouldn't get mad at teams drafting him in the teens, to be honest with you. Uh, Atlanta, Miami, uh, teams that need interior defensive line help. Wilkins is versatile enough that I think he gives you the ability to keep him on the field as frequently as possible. Uh, Love the motor, love the hustle, love the football character, love the effort that he displays. Uh, He's going to be a positive face of your defense he might not be the most elite physical talent but football extends beyond just raw explosiveness and, and athleticism and Wilkins from a football technician perspective and football IQ perspective and, and football passion we're gonna perspective have the same checks too, those boxes two, very emphatically Ed
0: Oliver Houston everybody knows him penetration style player undersized he's undersized not not just like weight wise but he's got sub 32 inch arms um, but I think I wanted to say that to highlight that he's my number two defensive tackle in a really good class because his athletic profile and his ability to get into the backfield is is it transcends those concerns over his length and, and mass issues. Um, you know, he's a guy that plays with really good leverage. That's something that really helps him overcome that. You know, he's going to play around 280. Yeah, he, he plays with a really low center of gravity and, and with great leverage. And he's so quick. And it's so hard for guys to get their hands on him. And and I just think he's going to be uh, that exactly what the NFL is looking for in terms of, you know, there's more quick game, there's more pace in space. And so pressure in the face of the quarterback is at an all time high. And that Oliver is a guy that I think can really give you that and make dynamic plays against the run. So I think he's going to be such a dynamic dude. And um, we'll see where he goes. That's that's kind of been interesting. It seems like We're coming full circle a little bit here, and Ed Oliver is now suddenly back towards the top of the board. Maybe that's where he's always been, but uh, I think someone's going to get a a very good football player that fits perfectly to what teams are looking for, and what they, you know, what in terms of that interior penetration skill set that Ed Oliver gives at a high level.
2: Valentine's Day is just around the corner and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs, And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. Twenty percent off and free shipping when you use the promo code Locked On at Manscaped.com.
1: Listen, it's it's the Mike McGlinchey story, right? The Derwin James story. This happens every year. It's well, you know. He's really good, and then we put him under the microscope, and we second-guess him, and then the draft itself rolls back around. It's like, wow, this guy, yeah, he's pretty good. It's like, yeah, well, don't let the process be any harder than it has to be. And Ed, uh, I think the ebbs and flows for Ed, I think coming into the year, I think Ed was my second or third overall player, and I think he bottomed out at like eight or nine on one of the big board updates, and like he's finished fifth. So, you know, he's, he's always been for me, like a player that top 10, he might be boring to talk about, right? Because you know exactly who he is and he's been the same player and he, he he's well-established as what he can do and what his ceiling is. And, but uh, I'm not going to let the, the size questions deter me because he's a penetration playing uh, defender. He's not somebody that you're going to ask to stack the point of attack and two gap and, you know, you're playing a losing battle anyway if you use them in those situations. So, Ed, for me, uh, top five overall player, first round. That's because no the best question, player in the draft but is too.
0: defensive tackle one, right? So, Quinn and Williams, Alabama. You know, what's so interesting about him is he gives you a lot of the, the traits that we've come to enjoy from Alabama defensive line prospects in terms of being very stout, very technically refined. But Quinn and Williams, what makes him better than any Alabama defensive tackle that I've ever scouted is that he's so slippery and the way he gets off contact is so exceptional. And his football IQ, that dude finds the football and plays through contact so well. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of good players that have come through that Alabama defensive line group, but he is in a tier of his own for those two reasons. Uh, I mean, everything that I said about Ed Oliver just like double it in terms of the penetration skill set. And I love that there's no guesswork. I know he only had one year of production really, but I mean, it was against the SEC, you know, the best blockers in the world. He made them look silly all year long, and uh, he he carried it every week in and week out. Nobody had an answer for this guy, and I think he's ready to come in and make a big-time impact to me, and Williams, best player in the draft.
1: No argument here. All right, so uh, what do I do here? Read the whole thing, huh? All
0: right. Here we go. One, Quinnen Williams, two, Ed yeah. Oliver, three, Christian Dawkins, four, Jeffrey Simmons, five, Jerry Tillery, six, Dexter Lawrence, Clemson, seven, Kalen Saunders, Western Illinois, eight, uh, Renell Wren, Arizona State, nine, Draymond Jones, Ohio State, ten, Daniel Wise, Kansas, eleven, Kingsley Kiki, Texas A&M, uh, t- was this 12? Twelve, Ar- Armand Watts, Arkansas, thirteen, Tristan Hill, UCF, 14, Gerald Willis, Miami, 15, Cortez Broughton, Cincinnati, 16, Dalen Mack, Texas A&M, 17, Dontavius Russell, Auburn, 18, Greg Gaines, Washington, 19, Isaiah Bugs, Alabama, 20, Byron Cowart, Maryland, 21, Chris Slayton, Syracuse, 22, Terry Beckner, Missouri, 23, Albert Huggins, Clemson, 24, Kevin Givens, Penn State, 25, Demarcus Christmas, Florida State, and 26, Michael Dogby from Temple, the guy that I would pound the table for on day three is Daniel Wise, defensive tackle from Kansas. I think he was the best player on the defensive side, yes. or maybe the best player overall at the Shrine Game but throughout the course of the week at practices. Nobody had answer for this guy, and he was miscast at at Kansas as like a five tech. And uh, you know, this is to me, this is a penetration style player, and somehow, like this, he he averaged like double digit tackle for loss across four seasons at Kansas playing freaking five tech with no good players around him. I mean, I think he's got a lot of upside. So uh, give me him in in a, in a front that wants to be multiple. I think he can five tech. he could play five technique for you as well as, uh, well, I mean, probably base end in a four, three, but he gives you that, that interior pass rush ability. So motor's relentless. He's a guy that I, I, you just, I don't know how you can watch his tape and not really think there's an exciting football player there. So for he, for me, he's at day three, Defensive tackle, I'm pounding the table for.
1: Sorry, you caught me uh, in between sips here on my orange vanilla Coke, zero sugar. So, top five, Quinn Williams, Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkins, Rayshon Gary. That's the difference for us, Joe.
0: Yeah.
1: I have Rayshon in interior. You have on edge. Jeffrey Simmons. That's my top five. Number six is Dexter Lawrence. Number seven is Jerry Tillery. Number eight is Draymond Jones. Number nine, Daniel Wise. Number 10, Dontavious Russell. Number 11, Renell Red. Number 12, Colin Saunders. 13, Dalen Mack. 14, Gerald Willis. Uh, 15, Kingsley Kiki. Did I count wrong? I counted wrong. Kingsley Kiki's 14. Terry Beckner's 15. Isaiah Bugs is 16, Armand Watts is 17, Tristan Hill, 18, Jonathan Ledbetter, 19, DeMarcus Christmas, 20, Greg Gaines 21, Chris Slayton, 22, Ricky Walker, 23, Michael Dogby, 24. Um, if I were going to pound the table for a day three guy that's not Daniel Wise, I'd probably go Rennell Wren just because I think the ceiling is very, very high there as far as if you get him more focused and... and He's active, but he's not uh, deliberate with a lot of what he does. And he has these long arms and he doesn't really weaponize him with consistency. And if you can get him to stack guys, you know, I love him in a front like a Green Bay Packers style front with their their odd looks. I think there's potential to play him on the nose, play him in the B gap. Uh just, just let him really he, bully you have and a push guys around, on. but you gotta get his hands sorted out first.
0: Wow. I have a three. uh fourth round,
1: on Wren. I have a whole pack. Like my fourth round guys were Wise, Russell, Wren, Saunders, Mac, and Willis. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that this is and a deep. Group. That's a very. I mean, deep even group. I'm talking, looking at my some of my guys on on day three, and like, I like Armand Watts. You know, I like Kingsley Kiki. You know, I mean, even Cortez Broughton has some something about him. So yeah, I liked him a lot. You can get a defensive tackle this year that'll at a minimum help your rotation. Edge,
1: yeah, right. Time for time for edge. Man, this is gonna suck because I have to leave. A How many first off, round so really grades like do you here. have? on edge. All these guys are like the same <laughs> top twenty-five. I have four first round grades, and then I have two early twos. Okay. What's that are your, your inside the edge? top 32 overall players. Okay. I have to give the special shout to Chase Winovich. Oh. I wouldn't feel right not mentioning him, but he is sixth edge five is Montez sweat, uh, Mississippi state, obviously very explosive, uh, blew the doors off the NFL combine, big time sack production, two years at the sec transferred over from Juco, uh, I think he plays the run better than he actually rushes the passer. Uh, I don't think he he has a lot of success with his secondary moves as a pass rusher, and I don't think he corners particularly well. I don't think his flexibility and his core strength uh, showcase in, in edge rush situations where he's got a body that's leaning on him. So he's going to have to be a guy that utilizes his length, reduces angles, Or comes up with much more effective secondary plans. But, you know, he's a safe player, in my opinion. I think you know you're going to get a really good run defender. Guy that has explosiveness in his game. There's an untapped ceiling and potential as a pass rusher, but he's not. Couldn't be me not having Chase
0: Winovich in my top five.
1: (laughs) That's why I had to say his name. Yeah. It, like if we would have done ju- just done a top five uh, read so, I don't I, mention we, Chase we Winovich, both Winovich. Like I feel Numerical dirty, scoring you
0: know? and sweat is .05 behind Chase Winovich's ed- edge five. So uh Winovich, edge five for me. Um We've talked about him a lot. Like such a a good football player, like more than just a guy with long hair that plays really hard. He's got a lot of technique to him, a lot of play strength, really good with his hands, a lot of good v- rush variety, super, really good athlete. Um I think that people may may want to peg him as a three, four outside linebacker. I don't necessarily like him in space to be honest with you. I I think he's fine in a four, three defense and maybe if you want to be multiple, but I I just, I don't want him playing in space a lot. I want him attacking and using that technique and play strength and athletic ability playing forward. And so I love him. I know that he's got like a a torn labrum or something in his shoulder or something. He's getting repaired, uh, which he should be ready for the season. And uh He's a good player, man. I think he's getting slept on a little bit in this year's class. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories.
1: Okay, Edge Four, Josh Allen, Kentucky, firmly a first round grade. Um, I think Josh is a top twelve player for me. I have my horizontal board up, so I don't have the uh, the actual rankings for the numbers, but um, Allen obviously took very positive strides forward as a football player this year in two thousand eighteen. I like his ceiling. Uh, he's Montez Sweat but with less explosiveness and more issues as far as rushing the passer. So where does he get divided, and how does he end up above Montez Sweat? I think he's a more versatile football player. I think that's something he has in his back pocket. His ability to play outside linebacker and turn and run down the field I think is a big trump card for him, for me personally, versus Montez Sweat. You know, two guys that were fairly close in their final evaluation scores. Uh, Watching Allen play zone coverage and handle Jay Sternberger 20 yards downfield. He had a pass broken up 20 yards downfield going into the end zone. Uh, Those kinds of plays really stand out. So even though he, like Montez Sweat, doesn't have a lot of great success with secondary counters as a pass rusher and he's not quite as explosive. I think he corners relatively the same. He may corner a little bit better than Montez Sweat. He's a more versatile football player, and he's just fine against the run. Uh, so, so Allen, I think, gives you more boxes checked. He's a little bit more of a scheme diverse football My player. My number, and that's is how he four, ends up above yeah,
0: Sweat four is Cleveland Farrell from Clemson, first round grade. Uh, this is yeah. another one of those what we call it the Mike mcglinchey Derwin James issue here, where like, Everybody forgot Cleveland Farrell really good because he's just been really good for the last three seasons and we're bored with it. Nah, dude, this guy can play and maybe he's not like super explosive, but here's the deal. Like he is long. He knows how to use his length. He has really good hands. He's super powerful. He's a technician and he knows how to disengage from contact at the top of the arc. And he has inside, you know, really good inside move and he can win around the outside edge. So, uh, those hands really help him overcome any lack of Uh, fluidity as well as athletic ability because he knows how to grease those angles both inside and outside so he'll be a great run defender high energy player a lot of the things that i said about christian wilkins you can you can put on cleveland farrell as well uh so for me you know look first round top 15 top 20 i'm on board with cleveland farrell I, i think that he's one of these guys that really does fit that description of got a little bored with him but hey he's really good
1: um Cleveland mm-hmm. Farrell Edge three. I know you said four, but the correct answer is three. I agree with everything you said you know he's a, it's a player that's being overthought a little bit and for some reason this happens like every year with pass rushers right where we find out and and Cleveland didn't even test, but we find out that like or we realize hey this guy isn't gonna run four five or four six and we're gonna freak out a little bit right? I feel like that's happening a little bit with Farrell, where it's like, oh, he didn't didn't do some of his tests, and the tests that he did do, he's not super explosive. It's like, oh, no shit. Like, <laughs> you can watch him on film and understand that he's not explosive as Montez Sweat or Brian Burns or Josh Allen, but that's okay because he's got an above average first step. He's got heavy hands, long arms. Uh, he's better than than the names that I've mentioned. Before him and Josh Allen and Montez Sweat as far as rushing the passer, having the ability to extend his hands, diminish angles so that he doesn't have to corner at super steep angles. And I think he corners just fine. So you're going to hear me talk about cornering and turning, uh, getting to the, the top of your rush and and being able to flatten when you hit that apex. and. Farrell does those things just fine. And and he does a lot of that because of his extension skills with his hands and the separation that he's able to create for himself. So Farrell, I think he's a safe player plug and play. He might not be a 15 sack a year guy. He may be an eight to 12 sack a year guy, but that's perfectly fine for me because he's a a really good run defender. And he's a guy that's going to get you past rush productivity and disruption. Even if he doesn't have three,
0: um, I like Josh. He, um, really got better. And I, I love players that get better and you continue to see them ascend as football players, obviously culminating with a standout season in the SEC where nobody could block this guy. And he his speed was just too much up the arc and he was able to really corner and, and finish a ton. Um, some concerns with him. Well, no, one more item of praise. I think he's a really good space player. He had some really impressive reps in coverage and, and in space where he was able to close distances and take good angles and just look comfortable. So love that he gives you that versatility. So think about a team like the Steelers that like their edge, their, their 34 outside linebackers to you know obviously rush the passer, but win in space and cover. He gives you that ability. Now, there's still more work for him to do as a pass rusher, and, and, I, and I like that there's that room for upward growth because he's very effective right now as he is. But if he developed more in terms of hand usage, hand counters, stringing together those moves more effectively than just winning with pure speed and bend up the arc you know he's going to be that much more dynamic of a pass rusher which is something that I'm excited about him achieving and then look I think he's a work in progress against the run right now he look you watch the tape he gets bodied and worked out of gaps pretty consistently so getting more functional strength learning to play with better extension learning to fight pressure with pressure and diagnose blocks better and and not letting these guys that are 50 pounds more than you get into your frame as much. So to me, it's it's about getting those hands right. But how effective he is still giving the room for upward growth is what gets me really excited about him. So I think we'll see him off the board in the top 10. He's my edge three.
1: Okay, um, edge two, let me preface. This is the top three overall him. player before we get the pitchforks out. Nick Nick Bosa, edge two, top three overall player in the football class. He's got everything you want, right? Like he the only thing you didn't do is run four or five. He's got great hand counters, great football IQ, very good run defending you playing down the B gap just like his brother Joey. Uh he's a little bit more dynamic than Joey was. So if Nick is the first defender off the board, I'm not complaining at all. Outside pass rusher knows how to rush the pra- passer, has some power to his game, can convert speed to power, uh hits these these counters pretty effectively. You're gonna just My absolutely love to have him on your football. Is
0: Brian Burns, edge from Florida State, good football player, man. Um, yeah. His pass yeah. rushing skill set is is just wonderful. Length, burst, flexibility, counters, vision. He's got a spin move. He has a really good inside move. I mean, I think he is going to be a problem for these offensive tackles to get their hands on him. Uh, Really excited about his potential in space as well. He didn't do it as much on tape, but at the combine, he was asked to do linebacker drills. And you saw a guy that had a lot of comfort moving in all directions, had that one really good catch on the football. I think he just has a lot of natural mobility and athleticism to him. His production came against the ACC and Power 5 teams. He didn't feast on you know, the Northern Illinois and stuff on his schedule. He took it to his conference and other power five teams uh, for the last season and a half at Florida state got his weight up. You know, he's going to be around two fifty, and, uh, and and he didn't lose any of that athletic ability just based on how he tests. So I I've called him the Derwin James of edge rushers. And I'm going to keep doing that because I think he can do so many different things and help your defense in so many different ways. And, um, you know, I, I, I obviously I think I like him better as a, as a 34 outside linebacker. But I, I, the bottom line is just, you're not going to ask him to play on the line of scrimmage and set the edge against right tackles. I, I just don't think that's going to be a big part of his role. So, um, you know, I, I, there's ways for him to be effective against the run. But I think some people have really got enamored with like, oh, he's lean. Well, a lot of the guys that play on the edge are lean. And there's ways that you can use them that are, are going to make them very effective. So Brian Burns. Edge two, have him above Josh Allen, which maybe some people are surprised with. Maybe they're even more surprised that you have him above Nick Bosa. But for me, what the real difference between uh, Burns and Allen is, is just more refinement with their hands. And the fact that I I think that Burns plays the run better than Allen because he does get his arms extended a little bit more consistently. So Brian Burns, edge two, think he's going to be a dynamic dude. I figured out that was going to be it. The dynamic. He stopped dude, suddenly stop. I
1: thought you were going to say more.
0: You know, <laughs> I was going to say, man, you know, um, we got to got our feel for each other. Of, 500 podcast episodes ahead. in one of the one of the very my uh, my ending of sentences up on you there. Get, get you off guard. I did. I did. And you yeah. swung and missed. Or you, you took strike you three lookings. What Threw you
1: did. Um, he kind of reminds me against the run of like the problem that a lot of people had with TJ Watt, right? People kind of hemmed and hawed and, ah, well, you know, TJ's, he's not big and he, he doesn't get off bodies, but like TJ Watts had no problem making an impact. Now TJ Watts sack production has been quite streaky. And that's where I think it's important to recognize that Brian Burns is a much more potent and diverse pass rusher than what you had with TJ Watt. And, um, I think that's a pathway, the way that the Steelers have used TJ Watt. If you want to use Brian Burns effectively, use him in a lot of the same ways. And I think he gives you more pass rush production than Watt, who was a guy who went in the mid-20s a couple years ago and has had a successful pro career thus far. So Brian Burns, because of that pass rush potency, and I don't have concerns with him against the run because I've seen players that have some similar strengths and weaknesses that have come through in recent years and have still had the ability to make an impact and Burns is more versatile and more potent than those Ready guys That's why he's edge one for me.
0: Oh, I have to do my edge one. <laughs> Nick Bosa next.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you got to do edge one. Uh, yeah, I mean we've talked a lot
0: about Nick Bosa. Everybody knows who he is that's as a it. prospect. I'm comfortable <laughs> with him as my top edge. I think that he has that ability to be the next game-changing edge rusher in the NFL. Um you know, guy that can certainly play the run just as well as he can rush the passer. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have any concerns with him at all. Uh, very clean prospect. I actually have Quinnen Williams as my player one, uh, but Nick Bosa is right on his heels. Very, very closely rated.
1: Yep. Okay, here comes the gauntlet. Brian Burns, Nick Bosa. Cleveland Farrell, Josh Allen. Montez Sweat, Chase Winovich. Charles Menahue, Ja'Kai Polite. Those are my first four tiers, so, like, top ten overall players, first-round players, early second, second round. Ben Banigou is 7. Zach Allen is 8. Christian Miller is 9. LJ Collier is 10. Justin Hollins, 11. Sutton Smith, 12, although I do think Sutton Smith flips to inside linebacker at the next level. Anthony Nelson is 13. DeAndre Walker is 14. Joe Jackson, 15. Max Crosby, 16. Shreve Miller, 17. Jalen Ferguson, 18. O'Shane is 19. Malik Reed is 20. Carl Granderson, 21. Austin Bryan, 22. Wyatt Ray, 23. Jalen Jelks, 24. Van Ginkle, 25. Byron Cowart, 26. Jordan Brailford, 27. <laughs> Porter Gustin, 28. I didn't count right. Again, I did 30. So, <laughs> Porter Gustin's 30. Not a math guy, Joe. Sorry. Guy that I'm going to pound the table for on day three. <laughs> day three
0: edge rushers are the um, worst,
1: man. You just know they're not going to give you anything. <laughs> it's a tough group. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess Justin Hollins. He's the first guy I have a day three grade on at, at edge eleven, just because he's got good tools. He had a good showing at the um, had a good showing at the Shrine game. Was the defensive MVP of that football game. He's got some tools. Oregon kind of played him all over the place, but he's a developmental guy.
0: Kyle, I was going to say Justin Hollins, but I don't want to be that guy. I'm going to give somebody different here, and this comes with a caveat that. This is only on day three. So, anything sooner than day three, I'm not on board. But give me Jalen Ferguson as a guy I have rated on day three that I would pound the table for. Think about these schemes like the Patriots run, like the Lions run, like the Dolphins will be running, where it's really about collapsing that pocket around the quarterback. And you have a guy in Jalen Ferguson who's really good at converting speed to power, plays with good extension, his hands are good. And he's a guy that I feel really comfortable about his ability to really suffocate things around the quarterback. Now, I know. He had that horrible three-cone drill, and it really speaks to the stiffness that we saw on tape. And you said it best when you said, look, it looks like Jalen Ferguson's ankles are screwed on. And that's pretty true. And the thing is, I'm just not counting on him to be a dynamic speed guy around the outside arc. I feel like there's other ways that he's been effective at Louisiana Tech, and there's ways that he can be effective at the next level. So if he was available somewhere on day three, I can get very much on board with Jalen Ferguson.
1: I think that's fair. You know, day three is a guy I got a day three grade on. Uh Power Rusher, you know, there's there's a niche for that. There's certain schemes that, as you said, highlight that more than others. And there's uh certain schemes in which the draft dudes should be a part of your daily rotation, and those schemes should be all of them. So make sure you please hit subscribe on the pod. Come back, see us again tomorrow. We are doing linebackers tomorrow. And then a special Saturday episode of the dudes to make up for us missing on hump day. This past week, and uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out. Send us your hot takes or tattle takes with the hashtag #TakesOnTakes for next Monday's episode of Takes on Takes. Our last before the 2019 NFL Draft. Thanks so much for listening to the Draft News Podcast. We'll call, talk with you guys again tomorrow.